few hundred thousand votes. If you look at Pennsylvania, you look at Michigan, you look at Wisconsin, a few hundred thousand votes got him the presidency. Well, I think as the folks in Arizona know, your state is a key, key battleground state. And Trump could be reelected or defeated based upon what happens in Arizona. Oh my gosh. So let me urge everybody I vote for Bernie, though. who is viewing this rally today. Not only must you come out and vote and vote as early as you can, you got to get your friends, you got to get your neighbors, your co-workers, your family members to come out and vote as well. You do not want to wake up the day after the election and find out that Arizona made all of the difference and that Biden lost by a thousand votes. That's not what you want to see. So what we have now in the next three weeks, all of us, we've got to do everything that we can to have the highest voter turnout in the history of this country, in the history of Arizona. There is a oh reason they do not want you to vote. Understand that. I have to encourage people to vote for to Biden. Power. You're a threat to their oh, wealth. Shit. You're a threat to their greed. They do not want you to vote. And that is all the reason why you should vote. And if you are not yet registered, register. We're listening to but President Sanders' virtual rally. And let us win that state for Joe Biden and for the other progressive candidates who are on the ballot. And now it gives me a great deal of pleasure to introduce uh, somebody who is an old and dear friend. And that is Representative Raul uh, Rujalva. Arizona, we've been at the point of the spear of the worst of immigration, of the worst of profiling, of the worst of the trickle down. The rich get first, and then everybody else gets sec second, third, or fourth, or not at all. We've been there. This is Raul Grijalva. Uh, the lesson we can send to the rest of the country as a state My representative. is that we turned that corner, we got out of the darkness, and we're looking to the future. The future depends on our vote. We can rid ourselves of Trump. We can rid ourselves of Trumpism. We can institute a new political representation by voting. Why don't you call for impeach again, Raul? Thank you very much. I know that painting. He's in front of a mural. He, I love that painting. It's very nice. Uh oh, where's Bernie? Mike, he's talking. To make sure that everybody we know votes. But if you think our commitment to justice ends on election day, you're mistaken. What Raul just said is that if we want to have a government and an economy and an energy system that works for all of us. We're going to have to continue that fight into the next Congress. We're going to have to demand that Congress moves forward toward a Medicare for all, toward tackling climate change, toward comprehensive immigration reform, toward racial justice, and all of the other important issues that the congressman just mentioned. So we are in a struggle against very powerful special interests. And for the sake of our kids and future generations, this is a fight we cannot afford to lose and one of the things that our movement is about is bringing people together trump wants to divide us up we want to bring our people together and in that light i am very very proud uh to introduce introduce jonathan nez who is the ninth and current president of the navajo nation all right uh jonathan was elected president in november 2018 he served as vice president from 2015 until his inauguration in early January 2019. Uh, president Nez, thank you so much for being with us. By the way, I don't know what's well, up with Bernie. Why does he have, the, a, uh, have a list? Kind introduction and Chairman Thank you as well, my good friend. Hey, and those that are aloha. on the panel today, thank you for being a part of this movement. You know, this, these are the warriors. Those of you that are watching today, you are the modern-day warriors fighting for the soul of our nation. And I want all of us yeah. to recognize that this is a very important election, not just for the Navajo people, but for all of our people throughout this country. You know, for us on the Navajo Nation, we got hit hard with COVID-19. You know, we even went as far as uh, fighting.
the federal government for our share of CARES Act funding. And that shouldn't be the government case. Government withheld, the Trump administration withheld funding COVID and we from the Navajo. received those dollars late into this public health emergency. And it just shows you the failure of this administration and the failure to have these 574 tribes throughout this country to have a seat at the table at the White House. And I know with a Biden-Harris You get a seat at my White House, sweetie. Native Americans will once again have a seat at the table. And in the Bureau of Native you Affairs. All know, there should be no place in America where there is 30 to 40 percent of the U.S. citizens without running water. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? They're all here on the Navajo Nation. Right. 30 to 40% of our Navajo people do not have running water or electricity. And this is right in the middle Scandalous. of the most powerful country Outrageous. in the world. And I appreciate the meeting that I had totally unacceptable. with uh, Vice President Biden and Senator Harris a couple of days ago in Phoenix. Soon, and soon the there, he recommitted himself to say that tribes will have a seat at the table. And I appreciate everyone coming together and making sure that we put Biden and Harris in the top position here in this country. You know, we are Bernie, uh, very better for the former second lady, Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden, for uh, coming to the Navajo Nation to start up the first cancer uh, treatment center uh, facility here, uh, first ever on tribal lands. And I know that that type of one-on-one -on -one discussion and one-on-one -on -one work could go a long way. So I just want to encourage everybody that is listening out there. You know, there are still there is still time to register to vote. You know, tell your family, tell your younger generation. Not have to register. We should all just all be registered to vote automatically. And to register Get rid of to that vote. rule. And to early vote. Let's not stand in line on election day. Yeah, let's early, early vote for vote. Bernie. And let's put. Uh, these two leaders in office, and I appreciate the warriors, and that's how we frame it here on the Navajo Nation. You are all warriors. We are all resilient, as was mentioned earlier. We are all overcomers, and guess what? With uh, Biden and Harris, you know, with their plan for COVID-19, we will fight this monster called COVID-19 off of this country. So, uh, vote. the real monster we, is the God terrorist bless, uh, and every one of you, and and that for Biden and Harris. Thank you so much, Senator. Uh, President Ness, I thank you President so much Sanders, for all the great work that you have done. And certainly one of the great in the history of our country up until today is how we have treated the Native American people as a nation. And the idea that in the year 2020, what President Ness just said, is that there are communities within the Native American tribal structure communities where 30 to 40 percent of the people in the year 2020 do not have running water or electricity that is beyond belief and that is disgrace and that is something as a nation we must deal with uh, it now gives me a great deal of pleasure uh, to introduce uh, Regina Romero uh, who is the mayor Hola, of Tucson uh, Regina was elected uh, in November 2019 on the Tucson City Council Hermana. for 13 years. Sí. Uh, she was you. raised by immigrant farm workers in Somerton, Arizona. Uh, Mayor, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Senator. We really appreciate you coming to Tucson on such an important um, election year. Um, Tucson, as I'd like to say, is an island of blue in a state of reddish now purplish um and we have leaders to be proud of like congressman grijalva who have um really opened up many doors for people like me and have led for decades in progressive politics in southern arizona um really the the way of flipping arizona blue is through the city of tucson and pima county in southern arizona and so I absolutely appreciate you coming, um, coming to Southern Arizona. Uh, I appreciate the work that Congressman Grijalva has done in, um, in really 
pairing so many local candidates and the Biden-Harris ticket here in Tucson and Pima County. Um, and I appreciate the, the, the voice of President Nez and his courage and his fight uh, for the Dina people. Um, really appreciate being on this panel with all of you uh, here in Tucson, Arizona. What um, me as the mayor of the second largest city in Arizona am concerned about and have seen with this administration is the lack of investment in in our cities. And what happened with COVID-19, especially here in, in Arizona, being the uh, one of the hotspots of the world, um, the lack of action, the lack of direction by the Trump administration. Um, Through Governor more than Dushi. 200,000 people dead, more than 6,000 people dead here in Arizona from COVID-19. <clears throat> How it is affecting our economy, our small businesses, um, and um, the Trump. tsunami that we are about to see in evictions as a city um, is unacceptable. With Trump calling off the conversations between Senate and House and uh, the Trump administration, um, delaying a much needed relief package uh, to be able to help our communities, to help Tucsonans, to help Arizonans uh, in this difficult time is unacceptable. And I believe Belen said this earlier, uh, even though we have been struggling for decades yeah. to add our voices to the policy making tables in this state. And uh, Congressman Lihaba being one of those leaders for decades leading us uh, with his fight. Um, 2010 with SB 1070 was a punch in the gut for Latinos in Arizona. And it really was a wake-up call to many, many people around Arizona, where we saw anti-immigrant sentiment way before Trump uh, was running for office. We had people like Joe Arpaio and Jan Brewer yep. and, and Russell Pierce and so many others that were pushing anti-immigrant legislation. But as we 1070 woke us up and... Um, really activated us throughout Arizona. And now 10 years later, we are seeing the fruit of that work of mobilizing, of marching, rallying, and registering people to vote. And we are seeing many of the same people that were marching and rallying taking elected office. Yeah, and so right um, I'm very happy that um, that Senator Sanders, you are focusing on local races like Adelita Grijalva, my great friend, uh, that's well, running for daughter. the Board of Supervisors, because totally these down-ballot races make a difference. Adelita Grijalva um, in the Board of Supervisors, Gabriela Casares-Kelly, we're about to make history with electing the first Indigenous woman um, countywide in Pima County. Uh, Laura Conover in the uh, County Attorney's Office that brings a doctrine of change and justice in the criminal justice system. Um, these down-ballot races are as, as important um, as electing the right president president and vice president as electing Biden. So we have a great opportunity in Arizona of bringing in the second Democratic uh, U.S. Senator and flipping the state house so that we control some of those preemptive measures that Republicans in the state legislature have uh, passed against cities and towns in Arizona and, um, and really, really see systemic change in our systems in from president biden and harris to the u.s senate to the to the arizona house uh to the pima county board of supervisors and down the ballot so please vote um registering to vote just got extended to october 23rd thanks to mi familia vota in their fight in the courts here in arizona Thank and you, We've got 24 days to go, and we're excited and ready to see this change happen. Thank you.
Senator Sanders for giving me the opportunity to be with you today and to Talking excite job, our base, excite we love our you. young people and excite Tucsonans uh, to go out and vote. Well, uh, Mayor Romero, thank you so much for the great work you are doing for being with us today. And, and one of the points that the mayor made, which I hope everybody heard, this is not just an election for president of the United States or even for the United States Senate. We got some down ballot uh, elections, which are enormously important in shaping uh, the future of cities and towns all across Arizona and all across this country. Uh, it is my pleasure now to introduce Kyle Klein. Uh, Kyle is a college student and co-founder of Tucson Chapter of the Arizona Youth Climate Coalition. Uh, Kyle uh, has been actively involved in climate issues and, in fact, has organized citywide climate strikes. Kyle, thanks so much for being with us. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for the very kind introduction, Senator Sanders. Um, and thank you so much for everyone who's helping to facilitate this phone call and helping in today. I am so excited to be part of this dialogue. Um, so again, my name is Kyle Klein. I use he, she, they pronouns, um, and I live and study on the occupied lands of the Tohono O'odham and Paspoliaki tribes um, in Tucson. Um, and I am here to talk about youth climate activism and why it is so important that we are paying attention to these issues in the upcoming election cycle. So I got involved in youth climate justice work after graduating high school and realizing how quickly the futures of my generation and all those to come are slipping through our fingers. Um, and really realizing that we need to take action now. The climate crisis is here. It has been here for decades, affecting black, brown, and indigenous communities across the board. And this is an intersectional issue that affects every single political um, item that you could possibly think of, whether it be wealth inequality, racial justice, women's rights. Climate change exacerbates every single one of those issues. And to be frank, if we don't have a planet to live on, we can't work to fight for any of those worthwhile goals. So um, as we move into this election cycle, we have a massive opportunity to address all of the threats that we're seeing here in Arizona. We have continually worsening droughts, worsening conditions for farm workers, higher COVID-19 mortality rates for black, brown, and indigenous communities simply because of the fact that industry and power plants are polluting their air and causing worse respiratory symptoms and mortality rates. This is absolutely unacceptable, and we have to make sure that we take this opportunity on November 3rd, before November 3rd, and after, to make sure that we build a world that works for again. everyone and every country on this Everybody planet. Everybody sign my petition. I got involved um, in my first meeting with a phone call and two or three kids, teenagers, sitting in a library room, not knowing what we were going to do for our city, but knowing that we wanted to do something. About okay. a year later, we've organized citywide climate strikes, worked with Mayor Romero's administration to pass the climate emergency declaration, and lobby members of Congress on a regular basis. Youth, even more so than adults, have the power to make change in this election and use our voices for a better world. And it's time to do it. Send in those ballots. Make sure that we're making a difference. And use your voice What's to the make President change. Thank you, so much. Thank you so much for being with us and for what you said and for the great work you, you, uh, you're doing. And that is the truth. The future of this country depends upon young people. And this young generation is reflected in Kyle. This is a great generation. These are people who are fighting for justice, economic justice, climate justice, racial justice, uh, economic justice. And we have got to do everything we can to make sure that young people listen to what Kyle said. And that is, you got to register to vote. you got to come out to vote. And you, your generation, can lead us in transforming this country. So, Kyle, Kyle, thank you so much uh, for what you are doing. Uh, our next uh, panelist is Jim Byrne. Uh, Jim is a high school social studies teacher and a union member. He serves on the board of directors and uh, as an area representative for his union, which is the Tucson Education Association, an NEA and AEA affiliate. Jim, thanks a lot for being with us. Thank you so much, Senator Sanders and everybody organizing the call. And That's President panelists. Sanders. Uh, it's an honor to be on with uh, all you fighting for justice here in Arizona and, and across the country and saving the planet, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm a teacher down here in Tucson, Arizona. Um, 
I'm here to talk about Prop 208, uh, the Invested Ed ballot initiative. For me personally, why it's important to uh, tax the top 1% and generate close to $900 million every single year to hire new teachers and pay us more money for all the work that we do in the extra hours Great. Uh, that we put in for our kids to build that better future. Uh, for me personally, I, I usually try and tell this anecdote that I, I teach in a convert myself and three other teachers, four other teachers. Uh, we teach in a, a converted fallout shelter in the basement of the library at Toya High School. And the classrooms are odd shaped. They're small. Hmm. Right now, I'm glad we're not back in session because they don't have proper ventilation and things like that. And 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 granted, while Prop 208 would take care of us as, as creating uh, more teachers uh, and better paid teachers, we uh, would allow that to uh, reduce uh, a classroom ratio size so I could have less students in my small classroom and the other small classrooms. And that would increase the quality of education, instruction, learning, uh, relationship building, et cetera. And why we need 208 is because the political context uh, is one that Senator Sanders often repeats, and he mentioned special interests. As Arizona, Belen uh, mentioned uh, Russell Pierce, Arizona has been in the grip of a reactionary corporate billionaire class lobbying agenda led by ALEC. 41% of our state legislature are ALEC members. 87% of House Republicans are ALEC members. Uh, Governor Ducey and his staff routinely attend ALEC agenda meetings, summits, et cetera, like they, they had here in Scottsdale in December. And they routinely block uh, good legislation, higher taxes on corporations, higher taxes on rich individuals who can afford to pay extra. Um, they want to promote the regressive taxes that hurt working families, poor families, that really put our, our, our state's public services in jeopardy when economic crisis hits, that those billionaires and corporations often create and then profit from. And so Prop 208 would allow us to tax the top 1%, 26,000 Arizonans, the nine billionaires who, who claim their taxes here, those nine billionaires are worth $21 billion combined. That's three and a half times our entire state budget for education. We only get six, six billion in change when numbers show that we need to have four billion more annually. And so Prop 208 would just put in uh, le less than a quarter of the recommended amount that our state budget needs, but it is vital. And so we are putting out a call to change, call to action Thank to you. say knock on door, well, uh, lit drop, uh, phone Thank you bank, for your service. Bank. We have a fall break coming up for at least us in, in southern Arizona and Tucson. I myself am going to be dropping lit, texting, phone banking. Uh, it is time. Uh, it is it is uh, going to be attacked again like it was previously in two different lawsuits led by the Arizona Chamber of Commerce, who is in bed with Alec and, and the right-wing billionaires who try and dominate our state, dominate our country. Great. But as we showed uh, in 2018 with the Red Fred and our historic teacher strike and the wave that swept across the country of the Red Fred movement. We can, we will, and we are doing it again. Thank you so much. Jim, thank you. And, and you know, Jim raises an issue that you don't see too much on TV or read in the papers. And that is the grotesque level of income and wealth inequality in America. We got 50 people on the top owning more wealth than the bottom half of American society. We got major profitable corporations owned by some of the richest people in the country, not paying a nickel in federal taxes. So the idea of progressive tax reform to demand the big money interest and the wealthy start paying their fair share of taxes so that we can educate. Yeah, seven hundred fifty dollar don't cut it. That asshole. is a goal that we must fight for. So, uh, Jim, thanks so much for your work. Uh, it gives me a great deal of pleasure now to introduce Eduardo uh, Saints who is the Arizona State Director for Mi Familia Vota. Uh, he has led large-scale voter registrations and get out the vote efforts in the state of Arizona by engaging thousands of volunteers, exactly the kind of grassroots work that we need. Eduardo, thank you so much for being with us. No, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be with you all and hear the wonderful leaders that have been leading the fight in Arizona. Uh, Thank you for uh, your commitment and thank you for always fighting for what is right here in Arizona. So I come from an organization that we are born out of uh, extreme hate. We are born out of uh, times of difficult times for our communities. 
Mi familia vota was started in California with Proposition 187, where it was a very similar rhetoric what we saw in 2010 here in Arizona. Uh, we were trying to build political power. We knew that that election, uh, Proposition 187, happened. And it was a, a wake-up call for a, a Latinos in California to start building political power. And sometimes, often, the history repeats itself. And it got repeated here in Arizona in 2010. I remember being in Tucson outside of the Arizona State Building protesting. It was the day that Governor John Brewer had the opportunity to veto or sign SB 1070 into law. And unfortunately, she signed it into law. And I remember a white woman on the third floor with a sign that said, haha, she signed it. And that was the day that I realized that I needed to build political power to ensure that our communities had the best interest. Some protection against the right wingers. Uh, looking after ourselves. And it was through Someone's looking after ours, just not their own. And it was through tapping into our fears and tapping into uh, division. I was literally saw community members packing everything that they had and traveling to other states, or even and even going back to Mexico, because it was so much fear that their families would get separated. But a lot of us stayed and we started to organize and we started to create coalitions. I like the one Arizona table, like Arizona wins, and a lot of Gracias. different organizations were born out of those days of fear. And we knew that with one mission in mind, building political power, and we had a 10-year strategy to register Latinos to vote, to register them to participate to vote by mail, register hundreds and thousands of new Latinos to become naturalized U.S. citizens so they can participate and thrive in this democracy. And we have been able to see what, it, what we call low propensity and virulent Latino voters transition into high propensity voters and looking at them to participate, to thrive and to say enough is enough. Basta Trump, we don't want Trump in office. I was able to testify Latinos becoming naturalized U.S. citizens uh, and they've been in this country for 40, 50 years with one mission in mind making sure that they could vote for the second term of President Trump and ensure that he doesn't get elected. Those are the type of stories that are fueling the victories of this state. Those are the type of stories that are transitioning this state from being the epicenter of hate to a battleground state in 10 years. And it has taken us, all of us, uh, to ensure that we can build that political power. Uh, we are doing a lot of advocacy work around immigration, the environment, paid family leave, and our communities right now are suffering. Latinos have been the demographic that has been hit the hardest when it comes down to Demonized. COVID. Our families are losing their jobs, don't have access to healthcare. Um, you know, as parents, our kids are failing in school because we don't have enough resources for our schools, uh, for our schools, for our teachers, for our kids to thrive in the public education system. And our communities are fed up and ready to participate in this election. They know that our kids are suffering because of the Republican-led legislature that has been defunding our schools for many years. They know that our communities are under attack because of the Republican-led U.S. Senate and congressional delegations that we have uh, for dismantling our healthcare. They know that uh, our communities are suffering and losing their jobs because of the uh, different inactions from the White House to protect our kids and, to and they're trying to make it worse in their jobs. That's a thing. And we want to make sure that we can continue to fight for what is right. And we invite every single one of you all to ensure that you joined us in this fight because we cannot do this work by ourselves. We will also do a, did a lawsuit to the state That's right, sweetie. because of that. Uh, we were able to extend the voter registration deadline to October 23rd. So if you haven't registered to vote, you still have time to participate in this great democracy. We invite you to do so, and we invite you to ensure that all your friends and families get, get to turn out on election night. Um, and I know that a lot of us come from different uh, immigration status households, and some of us might be U.S. citizens, some of us might be naturalized, legal permanent residents, documented, and undocumented. And we can all participate in this great democracy. We can invite our friends, our families, our neighbors to be that voice to ensure that we elect individuals that align with our values. And we have seen, you know, different victories in Arizona. 2016, we were able to pass the most progressive um, 
minimum wage increase in the in the whole United States. We're able to save Bastar Payo back then. We were able to elect uh, the first Latino to serve as a Maricopa County recorder. 2018, another great victory where we were able to see Kristen Cinema, the first woman to serve uh, as the U.S. Senate delegation for Arizona. And not to mention in 2019, we were able to see a great victory, a great ally. Uh, Regina Romero served as the first Latina mayor in the city of Tucson. That's how we build power, by electing people that align with our values, that are going to fully represent us and ensure that they look after our best interests. And right now, it sounds like we're going into our uh, victory lap, but we cannot ensure that we ha we need to ensure that that victory gets ours by participating and ensuring that our voices get heard on November 3rd. Right now, there's many ways to participate. You can show up and vote early. You can vote by mail. Voting by mail is secure. Close to 80% of Arizonans do it already. Doing and in person. that's how we know that our participation I mean, gets up. Get your mail and ballot and then just drop it off in person. This has strategy of ensuring that Latinos are on the pebble, which is a permanent early voting list. Educating them, inviting them to participate, to vote by mail. And the White House and the Trump administration and our Republican delegation has put so much fear in our community from participating. And that's just plain, simple, a voter suppression strategy to ensure that... Well, let me just jump in because we want to get to some questions uh, from the audience, but I want to thank you very much. You're doing exactly what has to be done. You're mobilizing people at the grassroots level. You're getting people to participate who, without your help, would not be. And everybody so do something. Call Congress 202 224 3121 and beat uh, again. That you and uh, Mi Familia Vota uh, is doing. And now let me give it back to Misty Arebic, uh, who has, I believe, uh, some people will have some questions. That's 202-224-3121. Thank you, everybody who's been engaging in our town hall and to our panelists. I want to start with one of the first questions we got, which is where can I find a list of Bernie-endorsed candidates for Arizona? Really quick, I'll just answer that one. That comes from you, Susan, in Chandler, Arizona. You can go to berniesanders.com slash get involved um, if you'd like to see all the different candidates and organizations and even ballot measures that the senator has endorsed. So you can head there to find that one out. Um, meanwhile, we got a couple of folks who just tuned in and who are able to ask a question here live. Uh, our first question comes from Patrick Robles, who is a student at University of Arizona, tuning in from Tucson. Welcome to the show, Patrick. What's your question for the panel? Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Sorry, I'm just a little starstruck because I'm mm -hmm. on this call with Deal Bernie. <laughs> I mean, holy cow. Just it's an honor, sir, and it's an honor, Madam Mayor and Congressman and Chairman uh, Nez. Uh, as Ms. D had said, my name is Patrick Robles, 19 years old, studying government and public policy and a public education advocate. Here in Arizona, public education has been systematically defunded, which has disproportionately harmed poor and working class folks. My question to all of you is, what are you doing to ensure that all Arizonans are given access to the quality education, including affordable college, that we all need to succeed. Um, thank you very much for that wonderful, important question. Because this country doesn't have a future unless we have a well-educated nation. And we need to change our priorities around and to scratch our heads and ask ourselves how in the wealthiest nation in the history of the world so many school districts all across this country are underfunded and our kids are not getting the quality public education they deserve. How it happens that hundreds of thousands of bright young people cannot even afford to go to college and how tens of millions leave school deeply in debt. That is a little bit crazy, especially when we give tax breaks to billionaires. So we got to change our national priorities. Uh, I know at the federal government that means significantly uh, expanding uh, federal aid to education. Uh, it means making sure that kids with disability get the quality education that they need, the Title I schools get the help that they need, that all kids throughout this country get the nutrition uh, that they need, that we make public colleges and universities tuition free, that we move toward canceling all, in my view, I speak only for myself, canceling all student debt. But Damn let me, me give it over to Raul or me, anybody Bob. else who wants to jump in 
on Patrick's very important question. Thank you, Senator. I think you you answered it. I think that that the the investment and this this you know this occurred with, unfortunately with Democrats as well. Uh, the investment in public education has been uh, effectively at the federal level uh, undone. The investment in privatization public education administration has even has, has made the situation worse for public education than ever before. In the first time, last I think a year ago, for the first time, the majority of public education students in K K twelve uh, were of color in this country. A significant demographic change, and at, at a time when we should be investing in those babies, we're not. So I think we're talking about a serious investment, prioritizing public education, uh, providing a, the status that, that the educators need, and, and I, there's no other way around it than, than to invest in it. It needs resources, it needs attention, and uh, and, and, and that's, that's, there is no other strategy than, than to invest. Thank you, Congressman. I wanted to grab a couple more responses to this. Baylin, um, from an activist point of view, a DACA student or a DACA recipient yourself, do you have any thoughts on this one? Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like our uh, two Congress uh, representatives on the panel, Senator Bernie Sanders and Raul Rujalba, gave us great answers. But just on top of that, I would even say expanding what education for all means. Um, to make it accessible to undocumented students too, whether they have DACA or not, um, would be something that we need to start demanding because we are also residents of the states that we live in. I am a resident of Arizona. And um, right now, our state is asking undocumented students to pay triple the amount than any other regular student who would have graduated from high school in this state. And that is a huge injustice and something that we need to change in every single state in this in this country. If we want true education for all, we, we need to make sure that the people who have been silenced and forgotten about when these policies are written um, that are helping us put forth um, the type of revolutionary uh, education policy that we need. Thank you, Baylin. And really quick, Jim, uh, you're a teacher. You're on the ground in Arizona working with students every day. Um, what, you know, do you have any thoughts you want to add to this one? How do we make sure students, you know, have high quality education, not only in high school, but um, have something to dream for and go to college? Yeah, uh, to, you know, support all the comments made uh, in response to Patrick's very important question. Um, Prop 208, as I, as I mentioned, would, would allow uh, money for new hires to reduce a, a horrific and historic uh, teacher shortage in the state. Uh, we're about 4,000 short when we started. There's almost uh, closing in and probably 1,000 since we started school because of the stretch of the virtual learning, the in-person return without enough safety protocols and things like that. But Prop 208 would not only help fund that, but uh, I believe 10 to 15% of it uh, would go towards career and technical education through a state program. And, and, and working at the school I do with the population, I do, um, you know, we want to encourage the college route, which I fully support, you know, free, fully funded uh, college education uh, to pursue anything, but it also helps us teachers. Um, you know, to, to not burden us. I, I luckily have uh, a couple of master's degree and one of them qualifies me to teach at the community college, which I have, but I also can offer these dual enrollment classes and offer college credits to, to high school students. And so if you can have qualified staff who can who can do stuff like that uh, for, for higher, uh, for the upper classmen uh, students at your high school, they, then you're getting them a foot in the door to whatever career path they want to. You want to open as many doors to our young people as possible. But that, that CTE, the career technical stuff, I mean, I found so many students who, who didn't care what they did in high school, but when they got locked into a nursing program or they found welding or they found mechanical stuff, they just came alive. And school then became a little bit more important because they could see if I did this, I got my A's, I got out of here, I can go and do what I want to do, what I, what I feel like I have value and meaning and purpose in life, I can go do that. And so it's so important to, to support Prop 208 to fund those kinds of programs. And then stuff. we got way more work to do to get this, this state back on track as to where a fully 
equitably, sustainably funded public education to support our students, future generations. I mean, we got to get, we got to find climate scientists. We got to find climate and green engineers and all that kind of stuff. And if we don't have the money to it, who knows what the hell is going to happen? The plant's going to go on fire. So it is just crucially important to do this kind of work to support 208. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, Jonathan here. Uh, can I just add just real yeah, quick a minute? Uh, you know, in, in terms of education, you know, I think that uh, leadership should also recognize the inherent sovereignty of tribal communities. You know, data statistics do indicate oh. that if students in tribal communities get schooling in their culture, their tradition, and their language, they're more likely to succeed in life and in college uh, education and when they leave our nation. It instills pride in their very, heritage. very important. And I know uh, Vice President Biden and Senator Harris would do this, is to also recognize the inherent ability to govern uh, ourselves as tribal nations here on the nation. And that means sovereignty and education. And I know many of you are warriors uh, and fighting for quality education, but we also need to make sure that there are uh, culture teaching, language teaching, ethnic studies, Native American studies, Latino studies, and because that way it, it brings unity. You know, we're at a great melting pot here in the United States of America. Let's continue to teach that in our country. Thank you. Thank you, President Nez. And I want to get to our next question here. Um, we have another person who's joining us live. We have Susanna Oseth joining us from Hill River Indian Community. Welcome to the show, Susanna. What's your question for the for the panel? Hello, my name is Susanna Oseth. I'm 18 years old and a member of the Hill River Indian Community serving on the Akmeralta Peepashis Council. So today I have a question of, you know, in my community, I've seen a lack of resources, whether that's our food, our health, our economic um, disadvantages that impact our community. What do you have planned in order to ensure that all people have this quality of resources to be strong? I wanted to go to you, Mayor Romero. I know you got a tight schedule. I want to make sure we get your thoughts on that one. Um, Susanna's asking, how do we get the resources we need to be strong? Well, we need to first and foremost partner with our state, um, our state legislature, our governor, our federal partners um, and have a thorough plan to be able to bring resources and create resources here. This is the whole issue with Prop 208, right? That we have seen because we have the wrong elected officials, elected officials in the state of Arizona that have defunded, not only defunded education, defunded healthcare services, defunding mental health, services um we need to be able to elect the policymakers that will care for working families in arizona and so just to follow up on the question that was asked about education and others right What's climate change health care um yeah, why uh, they access to education over? all of these issues we need to be able to have the right policymakers that don't represent alec mm. but that represent the people of arizona and at all levels of government and so um really is crucial to elect you can get a spooky the right people that's why i believe that um building political power and asking in this particular election like we have the opportunity to flip the state house to get very close in the in the state senate uh to send another democrat to the u.s uh senate um it's very important people that believe in investing in our families in our children in our seniors that believe in science and that want to do something to create climate resiliency and to fight co2 emissions in our state so um Look the way out. I do it as the mayor of Tucson Good. I uh, really work hand in hand and sometimes my uh, my dear friend, Representative Grijalva, gets upset at me because I lobby him hard uh, for the people of Tucson and uh, and really uh, fight for, for uh, bringing in resources to Arizona from the federal government. But the state has to step up. And so that's why it's so important that we vote. 
Thank you, Mayor Romero. Thank uh, you. Congressman Grijalva, did you want to say something? Yeah, it, 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 and Bernie mentioned that, and 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 uh, uh, Nez, President Nez mentioned it as well. I think that, that what's happened under this administration, uh, to a severe degree, is is that the the status this is in the Constitution of of this country, and and, and this would be the first step for 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 uh, Indian country for tribal lands and for tribal governments uh, and for off reservation indigenous people uh, that live in our urban centers is. It, the first thing is to understand that we have a fundamental constitutional obligation of a trust responsibility and that, that the history of our relationship with, with the first Americans is, is, a, is a history filled uh, with, uh, with the worst side of colonization. And, and, and so now, so I think we need to respect that sovereignty, uh, understand what self-determination means. And if we given given the opportunity in the position that I'm in right now, if one of the ways to respond to, to your question is to say that to enhance and empower that trust relationship and, and, and to and to understand that the definition of sovereignty uh, and nation to nation relationship between the federal government and, 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 and tribes has changed. And, and it's time that the federal government caught up with that change of, of that definition. And then I think that, talk, that, that talks about resources, that talks about attention, that talks about respect, and, and we can begin to move on those. But I think it's a fundamental change in the attitude and the way in which uh, the federal government deals with tribes as a whole. And, the, and that trust, responsibility, and sovereignty, is, I think, a key uh, to... to to answering your question in the short term and in the long term. Well, we are coming to the end. I'm sorry we weren't able to get to more questions, but we got to hear so many amazing testimonies from people on the ground here and or there in Arizona. Wish I could be there with you all. Um, but you know, we've heard about what's happening, what we got to do. So I just wanted to turn it to Baylin. Baylin, help folks watching know what do they got to do to take action right now to keep fighting for justice in Arizona and beyond. Yeah, um, so now that you've heard from all the incredible panelists, I hope that you are pumped to get your vote casted. And um, I'm just going to go over a few important dates to keep in mind. Um, like many of our panelists said, um, the voter registration deadline has been extended to October 23rd, which means that you have all that time to get registered to vote if you haven't already or check your registration status and make sure that all of your information is accurate and you are ready to go. Number two, make sure that you're making a voting plan and you are uh, ready to go. Uh, just in case anything happens, you will have your, your vote casted. So there are a few different ways to vote. One, you can ask for a mail or absentee ballot until October 23rd. Um, mail voting is safe um, and you are, you should do it in all honesty um, and you should turn in your ballot in the mail um, if you want to send it via mail 10 days before November 3rd. If you are wanting to return your ballot after that point please take it to a ballot drop-off location or you can even drop it off at your uh, polling place on election day, you won't have to wait in line. All you have to do is just go and drop it off in the ballot box. Um, if you have any questions on, on location or hours of your polling place um, or need resources on how to get registered to vote um, or um, how to request your ballot, go to the Secretary of State's office. Um, all the information should be there. Um, and last resort would be waiting in line and voting on election day, uh, which with the pandemic and with recent history in Arizona of having to wait in long, long lines, um, please just vote ahead of election day. Um, but if, if you have to vote on election day, please do it. We're asking you to do that. And most importantly, um, after this conversation, it's pretty clear that it's not about just us voting. 
Um, what I challenge you to do, if we really want to enact the change that we need, is to get five people, whether they are your neighbors, whether they're your friends or family members, and make sure that they have a voting plan too, um, and ask them if they need help to ensure that they have their voices heard too. Um, but don't stop there. We need you to stay in the fight for the long haul. And it doesn't end at just having your ballot cast. We need you to continue to be involved, to hold your political leaders accountable. If we want the change that we seek, if we want policies like Medicare for all, like education for all, housing for all, um, all of the issues that impact our community are going to be won by voting, but also by movement building um, and by getting involved in your community and organizing. So with that being said, um, I am going to pass it off to Senator Sanders to, to close us off. Lynn, thank you very much. There's not much uh, that I can add uh, to what you have said. Uh, you heard it from every member of the panel, and I want to thank all of our panelists for doing a great job. They said it. Let me just say it one more time. That is, this is the most consequential election in the modern history of this country. Arizona could be the difference as to whether or not Trump stays in office whether he is defeated. We need all of you, as Belen said, not only to vote, go out and talk to your friends and your neighbors. I know it's a little bit difficult, but it is what we have to do because these are difficult times. So let us do everything that we can to have a record-breaking turnout in Arizona. Let's defeat the most dangerous president in the history of this country and the day after the election. Let us continue to roll up our sleeves and take on the big money interest and transform our country, our government, and our economy so that it works for all of us, not just a few. Thank you all very much for being with us this afternoon.